Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz with Information Security Media Group, and I'm sitting down at Black Hat Europe with Jen Ellis, a cybersecurity, some might say veteran, but <laughs> <laughs> someone with deep experience in the field. Jen, great to have you here today. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thank you. So, ransomware. Yes. I know it is a topic. Heard of it. Yes, near <laughs> and dear to your heart. I mean, dear sounds like I really like ransomware. And who likes ransomware? Boo. You know who? The people who are making billions of it. <laughs> they love ransomware. Well, and that's one of the questions I have is what we do and don't know about ransomware. We don't know necessarily where all of the money is flowing, who all's been hit, how much they're even making. What are some of the big myths that you think I we mean, need to talk about? I mean, to be honest with you, the problem about? is even more basic than that, right? The, the, we, we have a problem in that Obviously, a criminal's goal is to get away with it. They don't particularly want us to know what they're doing. They also are not particularly hiding, because right now all of the odds are stacked in their favor and they have nation states that will provide safe havens. So they're thriving in, in dark markets and, and, and not being particularly secretive. But outside of things like ContiLeaks, they're also not trying to show us like you know everything that's going on. So then we have some companies like the blockchain analysis companies that are tracking wallets but they're tracking the wallets they know about like I don't know about you but if I was a cyber criminal I feel like I would try and have some wallets people didn't know about that seems like it would be a good idea to me I'd be like oh you know what's good is when people don't know what I'm doing that's how I get away with the crimes but some criminals are savvier than others some criminals are much savvier than the others and then and then on top of that we have like so the security community we put out a lot of reports right and and they have value but what we don't have is context, and context really matters. So let's say that I work for Acme Corp and we're a great security vendor, and we put out an annual report based on data that comes from either our product set or our client base, all the things that we've seen, right? And we put that report out, and then there is um, my competitor, who we'll call Competitor Corp, and they're another great security vendor, and they also put out a report, and hey, because ransomware is a really big thing, they also put out a ransomware report. So it turns out, like, my report and their report could be about the same data set, it could be about a data set that slightly overlaps, it could be about a completely different data set, but we have no idea, because we don't necessarily know if we share customers. And the people reading the reports, they also have no idea. So they don't know how to think about my data versus somebody else's data. So then on top of that, there's, as I said, there's the, the people tracking the wallets, they put out reports, but they can only see the wallets they can see. That's not all wallets by any stretch of the imagination. And then there's law enforcement. Now, mostly law enforcement don't like putting out reports, but some do. So like Europol put out a report and, and it's, a, it's a good read, but law enforcement only has access to incidents that are reported to law enforcement and hey guess what it turns out most people don't want to report to law enforcement because they're worried it will slow down the response or it will cause public outcry and embarrassment or because they're worried it will lead to some sort of regulatory um, action that brings us to regulatory agents like uh, the ICO in the UK they only know about the things that get reported to them and again people don't want to report to them because they're worried that something's going to happen that brings us to cyber insurers. Cyber insurers don't like to share data because their data is really their secret source, but sometimes they share it or they, or they put it out in like sort of, you know, um, more, more vague terms. The reality though is if you look at cyber insurers market adoption, market penetration, it's really low because it's still super nascent. 
So even where they've got data, and like, hey, normally they have good data and that's great, but where they have data, it's, I mean, it's not just incomplete, it's, it's, it's small, right? So what we've done over the past five years is we've built this kind of patchwork quilt where we've gone to like these different entities and said, hey, let's share what we have. And some of some have agreed and have kind of jumped in to do that. And that's an awesome step forward from where we were. What it isn't is in any way complete. So what that means is we know now that there's an iceberg and we know what the tip of the iceberg looks like but we don't know what percentage of that iceberg we can see. I have no idea how big the iceberg is. And so when a thing happens, like let's say that Rob Joyce, who's head of security for the NSA, head of cybersecurity for NSA, I should say, when he makes a statement at Cyber UK back in, in the springtime that ransomware attacks are down, the first thing that we have to ask ourselves is how does he know? And is that, is that true? And then the second thing we have to ask ourselves is why, if it is true. And so in order to find out the answer to the first question, we can go to law enforcement and we can go to other governments and we can go to cyber insurers and we can go to security companies and say, what are you seeing? Well, I did this. I did this exact thing. And I got different answers from everybody I asked. So the cyber insurer said, claims are down. And law enforcement said, reports have plateaued and the security companies particularly the ones that monitor the dark web said activity is way up they said we're working on more incidents than ever we're seeing more chatter in the dark web incidents are up so i was like huh that's weird so now i'm left with the question rob joyce says ransomware incidents are down and the reason that ransomware incidents are down is because of the sanctions that the US government introduced. But given what I'm hearing, I'm left going, are ransomware incidents down or is reports to the government of ransomware incidents down? And in which case, rather than your sanctions being the reason the incidents are down, are your sanctions the reason people aren't reporting them? And the reality is we don't know. What we know is the insurance claims are down. But we also know that in the past 18 months, a lot of insurance companies have made their claim requirements more stringent. So what's the cause and effect here? And, and, and I'm using these as examples to make the point. Like, it's not really about the specific example. The point is, we cannot answer these questions in any meaningful way because we lack data enough to understand the context, to there be able to point to what is causation versus correlation. And nevertheless... Sorry, that was a long answer. That, that's a great answer. <laughs> I love the detail. Uh, definitely, I will see reports come out with no effort made to tell you what it does and doesn't say. Right. Slight marketing yeah. angle to it. Of you course. get a different report every week, Yep. possibly on the same cybercrime yep. forums, possibly different ones. Yep. Like you say, yep. where are the customers? Where are the sensors? Yeah. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't read them. There is value in them, but you have to read them knowing what their limitations are and what the value is that you will get out of them. And it is not an absolute view by any stretch of the imagination. It's not even really, it's, it's partial to the point where it's, it has value, but it's just, it's not explaining to you really what's going on. You need to take it with a big grain of salt. Yeah. Maybe you can deduce some trends or maybe not. Right. Regardless, right. we have to combat ransomware, right. though. I know you've been involved in those efforts. Yeah. 
attacks are down, attacks are up. It's not yeah, clear, right. but there are still ransomware wielding yeah. criminals. Yes, we know at that large. the cyber crime still exists. That we can definitely say as long as it's lucrative, right? right. And safe havens, as you money. say. Um, yeah. So I think you know we we put out the ransomware task force report at the end of April twenty one. And it had 48 recommendations to governments on how to deter and disrupt attackers and how to prevent and respond or help organizations prevent and respond at scale, right? And actually, we had really, really, really good response from governments for, for the main reason that the, the report went out and a week later, Colonial happened. And I think the HSE was two weeks after that and JBS a week after that. So we had this like quite horrible roll of thunder, if you will, that kind of kept the momentum going and kind of proved exactly what we were talking about, which is that ransomware is impacting society and the economy. And so a lot of governments paid attention, right? Last year we saw the governments that are part of the G7 make a commitment around doing something on ransomware. And then we saw the White House launch the um, counter ransomware initiative. And I don't know if you've heard, but since then, quite a lot has happened in the global um, diplomacy area and quite a few governments have been tied up with other things to focus on. Um, and so I think ransomware has, to an extent, become slightly less urgent of a priority when faced with things like, you know, the potential for nuclear war. So I think, and, and also eco economic crashes around the place. So Energy crisis. There's exactly, a few right. small challenges few things at the to focus on, Right. Um, and so I think things are moving, but they're moving at the pace of very busy, overloaded governments. So moving a little bit slowly. But the counter ransomware initiative, which is 30 countries around the world, is still active. They are still looking for solutions. They're still looking at things that can be done to try and advance the agenda around um, ransomware and, and make lives harder for attackers. And we do see that like, you know, there are some notable things that have happened. Um, but certainly not everything that could happen, right? There is there is certainly more, I think, to be done. And, and I think one of the things that we've seen happen on the attacker side is this very, very, very strong lean into double extortion and how attackers have kind of gone back away from attacking the availability piece and much more towards confidentiality again, which actually, like you know, it can and cannot be a good thing, right? Like if you decide that you're going to encrypt everything you have, then it gives you a better ability to be able to go like shrug, do I care if they get it all? But then they'll go back to looking at availability again, right? So, so um, you know, it sort of swings and roundabouts. If you, it's, it's one of those things like, it's a little bit like, you know, when you turn the light on and, and the cockroaches scatter, I, my analogies are always terrible, I'm sorry. Um, what, we, what we sort of have to do to an extent is keep turning lights on. And, and keep making it harder for them to find places to, to thrive. And because we're never going to eradicate them all together. I really took this analogy far too far. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love the concept of uh, yeah, having to keep switching on the lights to keep the monsters at bay. There's a fertile metaphoric uh, potential there. Talk to me about the Rusi. Yeah. Initiative. So Rusi is the Royal United Services Institute. It's, I think, the oldest think tank, certainly in the UK. But don't quote me on that. Um, oh, this is not recorded, right? Um, they are a, they're very, very closely aligned with the UK government and have been since their inception. And they've been around for a long, long time, like over 100 years. Um, and 
they cover a, a sort of a pretty broad range of things, but more recently have started to do things in cybersecurity and have really actually kind of built up a good reputation in this area because the work is very credible. So they've been commissioned by NCSC, the National Cybersecurity Center, which is part of the UK government, to look into what the harm is, what the impact is that's caused by ransomware attacks. And I can tell you, like, from the ransomware task force point of view, we really wanted to get to grips with this, right? We really, really wanted to be able to make it much more tangible for people and say, this is the impact on the economy or this is the impact on people's lives. And to be able to, like, both, I think, quantify it in some way and qualify it in some way and really kind of humanize it. And it's really hard because people don't want to share their stories. And law enforcement doesn't want to share data and nobody wants to share data. And so we found it extremely difficult to get to that point of being able to do that. And so now Rusi has taken that challenge on, right? And said, we are going to see if we can come up with something. And they're partnering with um, an academic institution. And I think that gives them an ability to really kind of go at this in a very sort of um, stringent way with like high discipline. And I, I think, you know, if you, if anybody listening to this has a story they want to share, then you should, you should definitely get in touch with them or you can reach out to me and I will get in touch with them for you. Um, um, I'm at InfosecGen on either Twitter or LinkedIn or in fact Mastodon now, depending on which Mastodon you're on. What they need is to hear from people who have experience and are willing to share those stories. And they're super happy to keep them anonymous. Everything's going to be aggregated. So it's not, you don't have to stick your neck out too much to do it. You delivered a keynote speech at I Black Hat did, Europe. Yes. And one of the things you've emphasized was the need to destigmatize yes, this sort absolutely. of thing. Will Rusi help on that front, do you think, or hope? I would like to think that anytime we do any of these things, it helps move us forward. I don't think Rusi in and of themselves, you know, are going to be able to solve this problem. One of the things that I've talked to the Information Commission on the ICO, who are, you know, our data protection authority in the UK and who are the sort of enforcement body around cybersecurity. They are the main central enforcement body, not the regulators in certain sectors, right? And I've said to them, you know, they have this thing that they do where it's, it's basically, it's quite a steep pyramid where they're like, here's all the incidents that are reported to us. Here's the ones we actually bothered investigating. Here's the ones that actually led to any kind of, you know, ruling on them. And here's the ones that actually led to any kind of enforcement action. And actually the top of the, the peak of the pyramid is very, very, very small. And people need to understand that more. They need to understand that what GDPR tells you to do is take reasonable steps doesn't tell you that you have to be bulletproof because actually most people who know anything about security know that that's just not a reality and the ICO doesn't expect you to be bulletproof they don't expect mistakes never to have happened they don't expect you to have had perfect knowledge what they expect is for you to have done reasonable things and to be open with them about it so I think there is a fear that people have about reporting and there's also a fear that people have about loss of customer confidence, loss of reputation, stock value, all these kinds of things. And the reality is it's not going to go away quickly or easily. And a part of it is because even when people understand, even when people have the sophistication enough to go, anybody can fall victim to a cyber attack. Anybody can have a vulnerability in their technology. These things are normal. 
even when people have the sophistication to understand that, it doesn't change the fact that if you are an organization that has a cyber attack, the chances are there'll be negative outcomes for your customers. And that's annoying to them. And so there is always going to be that stigma there, right? My mum just got in a situation where her water provider let her know that her bank details were compromised in an incident. Now, I'm going to say, I don't think that her water provider necessarily covered themselves with glory in the way they've handled it because it's taken them three months to notify her that bad guys have her bank details, which is not really acceptable. But nonetheless, even if they hadn't done that, the chances are, because she's now in a situation where there is, there's very little she can do preventatively. Everything's going to be about monitoring now, unless she just closes that bank account and opens another one. And so she's going to be annoyed by that. There's no two ways around that. And the company knows that, which is why they really kind of don't want to have to disclose. And so every company's like that, right? And so that that's the problem is that level of stigma we will probably never get rid of. But there are things that we as a community can do to not amplify it, not make it worse. We've got to stop mocking victims. We've got to stop blaming victims for being victims. And I think that we also have to get to a point where people understand that anybody can be a target. Everybody will be. These are things that we can do to help people kind of get to a better baseline and make it less stigmatized. Well, Jen, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much Thank for your you time and insights. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I've been speaking with Jen Ellis. I'm Matthew Schwartz with ISMG. Thanks for joining us.